Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Not the Farmer's Wife. I'm really getting into the hang of this podcasting, so I'm hoping that you're enjoying listening to it as much as I'm enjoying recording it and coming up with new episodes and new ideas. Um, if there's anything at all that you'd like me to talk about, uh, send me an email, C-E-E-J-A-Y, the number eight, at mojohomestead.net, and um, let me know if there's a particular topic you want me to cover. I'm more than happy to go into something. Anyway, so this week we are going to talk about chicken breeds and coloured eggs. Uh, and I, I, I get very excited about chicken breeds. I'm probably a bit of a weirdo in that respect maybe a bit of a nerd always reminds me of talking like um sheldon cooper off big bang theory with you know fun with flags you know fun with chickens i'm sure everybody else is thinking what the fuck is she on about anyway if i'm a bit croaky this week i apologize i'm getting over a chest infection um the joys of having late covid i think so i sound a bit gravelly still um, and before we start on the chicken breeds conversation, I want to let everybody know that I do have a webinar on chicken breeds coming up on the 12th of June at 8am and you can go, I think, to www.mojohomestead.net backslash chicken breeds and register for that webinar. It's completely free, no obligation, um, just discussing all the kinds of backyard chicken breeds that are best suited to backyards and which ones would suit your backyard based on different circumstances you might have and I also go into a little bit of a discussion about what chicken breeds are available in the in Australia and a little bit in the US and the UK as well just in case there's anybody listening from the US. Um, if there is anybody listening for the US, send me a DM. I would love to hear it. I see downloads for the US, but um, I'm not sure which one of my followers are from the US. So it'd be lovely to hear from you. Anyway, so uh, webinar coming up 12th of June. Uh, also, as I've mentioned before, have the new backyard chicken keeping course starting. Uh, registrations open on the 10th of June and close, I think, on the 18th of June which is Sunday night midnight they'll close and then the course itself starts on the 19th of June which is a Monday and it runs for approximately six weeks um, going through all the things that you need to know to get you from beginner chicken level up to being very confident and capable um, and we have a couple of lives in there there's a couple of bonuses in there too but you might have to come along to the uh, to the webinar to see what those bonuses are and um, and then we can, you know, go into more detail. Uh, so, chicken breeds and coloured eggs. I'm just going to shut a door because a door just opened on me. Ooh. All right. Uh, chicken breeds. I love talking about chicken breeds. I think there's so many chickens out there. And when you look at the list, there's actually hundreds and hundreds of them. So I'm not going to go into that much detail. I'm just going to stick with the ones that we know and trust in Australia that we know we can get a hold of. 
but the first thing we need to look at is the different classifications of chicken breeds. So you might have heard people talk about hybrid birds like the Isa Browns and heritage birds. So heritage birds are your traditional birds, the traditional breeds that have been around for, for a long time. Uh, they mature slowly. They tend to live uh, for six to 12 years. They usually lay between three and six eggs a week, depending on the breed. They will go broody, they absolutely will, but they make really good mothers. Uh, they're very self-sufficient. They're a lot hardier bird than the hybrids. Um, they retain their natural behaviors and instincts a lot better than the hybrids do. Uh, what a really wide variety of appearances for your heritage birds. You can get every kind of color, feather style, tufted legs, big birds, little birds, the whole lot. Um, they have a lot of historical significance too, and it's kind of a shame. I know I follow, if you don't already, you should jump on, the Rare Breeds Trust. And they go through and try and find uh, breeds of animals that uh, were traditionally used in farming but may have um, fallen by the wayside due to hybrid-type breeding. Um, and they try and bring them back. So things like your um, Highland cattle, although I don't know that they're rare, rare, uh, but Exmoor ponies would be a good example. I think they their numbers got down really low at one point and due to work from people like the Rare Trust breed, uh, a rare trust, rare breed trust, I'll get that right, rare breed trust, they bring them back. Um, hybrid, hybrid chickens are well suited to different varieties too, uh, different purposes, sorry. God, I'm all over the place today. It's probably because I'm still raspy. Um, they're well suited to uh, egg laying. They're well suited to meat birds, but you'll get dual purpose birds, which the hybrid birds don't tend to come in dual purpose type situations um, and obviously they have longer lifespans and reproductive abilities which hybrids don't have the hybrids are very fast maturing they're very quick layers very quick growers if they're meat birds but they only live for about three to four years and generally the hybrid egg layers will lay a, an egg a day but they might only lay like that for two years and then they drop off quite significantly you'll see a lot of breeders commercial egg laying productions where they get rid of their eyes of browns at about that 18 month two year mark um, they're not great foragers they're you you have to feed specifically for egg production with um, with the hybrids uh, and they are bred just for those traits so egg layers are predominantly amazing egg layers but they'd be very small birds and probably not a lot of meat on them uh, same with the meat birds. The meat birds actually don't lay eggs. I've had meat birds from the hatcheries that are hybrids and they grow, they fatten out, grow up completely in eight weeks. They're ready to go to dispatch, but they're never going to lay eggs. So they're, they're bred specifically for that and the genetic traits that would make them egg layers are bred out of them. Um, so then also too, we should mention bantams. Now bantams are generally seen as a a smaller version of another breed but a true bantam is a separate breed all on its own and there's not many of them there's only a handful of breeds that are actually classified as true bantams so the silky bantams that i talk about they're not really classified as a true bantam uh, one that is classified and that's a gorgeous bird is called a sea bright 
so I'll try and post some photos on my social media about seabrights they're gorgeous little birds but they're only tiny and they are true bantams sorry I'm just having a slip, sip of honey water to see if I can fix up my gravelly throat um, so bantams heritage and hybrids which one which one would you consider um, I love heritage birds um, but they are harder to get the hybrids are much much easier to get the, the commercial hatcheries definitely um, produce way more of those than they do of any heritage bird um, so popular chicken breeds here in Australia and I think this kind of translates to to the US and to the UK to a degree first of all is I've got to mention the Australorb it's our Aussie bird it was bred specifically it, it was probably an original hybrid it was bred specifically for Australian conditions using uh, some other breeds and then once it developed it's developed over time and I think it's over 100 years old now that Australorbs I'd have to check that I probably shouldn't have said that um, but they are Australian birds they lay up to 300 eggs a year they are seriously good layers um, and and because of that they're very um, well respected in Australia people like them they're blackbirds that have that real greeny tinge to them and they're actually quite friendly and quite happy little chickies to have around in the backyard other breeds that people are very very um, are very popular with backyard breeders um, are Rhode Island Reds uh, you can also get a Rhode Island White I've had Rhode Island Reds before beautiful birds the roosters tend to get a bit too big and I think our rooster we had a beautiful rooster but I think he died from a heart attack um, I think he actually he just got too big um, but the, our hens were gorgeous really pleasant personalities too um, Plymouth Rocks are another one that that are well liked Leghorns uh, Sussex Orpington sometimes you hear, hear them referred to as Buff Orpingtons and the Wyandotte um, are all uh, very well respected breeds for backyard chickens now um, if you're interested in that kind of thing in the backyard chicken what what backyard chicken would suit you as I mentioned at the beginning I've got a webinar coming up on the 12th of June I'd love to have you along and I go into a whole bunch more detail exploring things like the size of the birds their temperament their egg production um, noise levels things like that so it, I go into a lot more detail and if you want to pop onto that webinar you can go through and work out which breed's going to suit you best um, now there are specialty chicken breeds um, that are less well known um, and they're things like your frizzels your cochins polish uh, silkies quite often you'll see them as um, birds that have quite fluffy heads or fluffy feet or yeah, their, their feathers are quite different. They The frizzels have got like almost a curled feather. Um, so those ones are the specialty chicken breeds. They're still quite common, but not as common as your, say, you know, your Orpington or your Plymouth Rock. Um, but they are cute little ones. And some of these specialty ones had actually would suit backyard environments really well, like the Silky Bantams, for example. Um they suit a backyard environment really well because they're small so if you only have a small backyard and a small space to have your chickens then um, some of those smaller breeds frizzels are very very common here in Australia and they're only a small bird um, so they could be used for that 
Then the next one we need to look at is dual purpose breeds. Now, a lot of people that I speak to, um, that I sell my eggs to, because I sell eggs um, to a bunch of people, a bunch of customers, and quite often they'll say, oh, but you you don't um, you know, kill your own chickens and eat them, do you? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and people freak out. It surprises me how much people freak out. Um, usually... And I had somebody freak out just the other night. I was talking to her at uh, my daughter's rugby training. And this lady freaked out and said, how could you kill your own chickens as she was eating a piece of chicken? Does my head in, honestly, people. (laughs) Anyway, dual purpose birds are birds that are designed for, they had the homesteader in mind when they were thinking of them. They are fantastic little egg layers who are also fantastic meat birds. It's like a win-win. So you get a bunch of chicks, say, um, unsexed maybe because you're on a budget and you don't want to spend the extra money to get the sexed birds. And as they grow out, half of them are are hens and laying birds and the other half are roosters. What do you do? Well, dispatch them and eat them. It's the best thing you could do. Um, They're going to be a lot healthier anyway and I, I think you all know my opinion on eating pasture-raised chickens versus factory farm chickens. Um, but the dual heritage breeds are awesome because you can actually keep your own flock and breed your own chickens. You've got a hen who is a heritage bird who's going to uh, be more inclined towards going broody but also be a great mum. Hatching out your own chicks and growing your own chicks from scratch and then any that are roosters, well, that's dinner. So, you know, I, I think they're the win-win. Um, I've found that a lot of people in the homesteading circles that I um, kind of communicate through, uh, they love their dual-purpose breeds. You know, they really are designed for that purpose, that you can keep them for the eggs and for the meat. Um so the breeds that you would that would fall into that, the main three are the Australob, the Australian bird I talked about earlier, the Jersey Giant. Um, I don't know whether you've ever seen, there's a, a giffy that gets around that's a, a massive bird coming out of a chick run and it's huge. That's a Jersey Giant. Uh, New Hampshire are also breeds like that. Uh, in my webinar, I go through a bit more, but Rhode Island Reds can also fall into that and Orpington and wine dots also can fall into that because they're all larger birds. So it's worth, um, when you look at them, they're worth having the meat off. Um, now, there are hybrid meat birds and we've raised our own hybrid meat birds here. We raised some um, just last year. Um, but there's pros and cons for, for each. The hybrid birds definitely grow out quicker. So if you're just after meat birds and not egg-laying birds, they grow out heaps quicker, usually by about eight weeks at the outside 10 weeks. Um, they are fully grown and ready to dispatch and eat. That makes them super cheap and efficient when it comes to growing your own food. Um, you certainly aren't waiting around twiddling your thumbs for a bird to grow out enough. But it also means you're not feeding it for months and months and months on end until it's at a size that's big enough to eat. Um, And that's why the hybrid meat birds have done so well um, amongst people who are interested in raising pasture-raised meat uh, because they they really do grow that quick and you can dispatch them and get on with the next batch. 
Um, now, heritage birds. Heritage, oh, one thing I will say about hybrids, sorry, is that um, something I've noticed, I don't find them as hardy. I think they tend to wilt a bit easier with any kind of fluctuation in heat or food or you know the weather turning they, they don't seem to handle that as well um, they also <laughs> will die of a heart attack after the eight week mark you know, they get so big they're actually in in some cases the hybrids are so big that they can't bear their own weight so sometimes you'll see um, a bird with a huge body and its legs are actually struggling to hold it up that's generally a hybrid so the hybrids aren't designed to live forever. They're designed to be dispatched around that eight-week mark. If they go past the eight-week mark, they do tend to have more and more health issues. And certainly for um, the handy helper and I, we were getting ready to dispatch um, the chickens just before Christmas, and both of us came down with COVID. Uh, for me, it was the first time. For him, it was the second time. But it wiped us out for at least four days. And by the time we actually got over it and had the time to then go and dispatch, the birds had got to that nine, ten week mark. Now, we didn't lose any, but I think it was close. Certainly when I was dispatching them, I noticed that their hearts were massive. They were like internally, when you see chicken hearts for sale for pet feed or, or for human consumption in the butchers, these hearts were huge in these birds when we were dispatching them. Uh, and, and I've certainly been told by other people who grow them out that if they leave them too late, they do keel over at a certain point. Uh, heritage birds for meat. They take a lot longer to grow out, which means that you're feeding them for a hell of a lot longer. But um, I find that heritage birds are hardier health-wise. They grow bigger. And I've got to be honest, the ones that we've eaten, I feel like the heritage meat birds the um, quality of the meat is better than the hybrid birds i don't know i maybe it's just in my head maybe i've just got you know <laughs> i've just got it in my mind that heritage is better so therefore the meat's got to be better um but certainly that's what that's been my experience the 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 don't get me wrong the hybrid pasture range birds still taste a hundred percent better than what you get in the shops but i still think the heritage meat birds tasted better again so it was a bit of a shock how good they tasted. Um, so uh, the next one I want to talk about is our uh, chicken breeds that lay different coloured eggs. And I definitely have a soft spot here for my Easter eggers. Um, our first self-hatched, like as in incubated by us, um, eggs that, uh, that I got were Aracanas. And I still have the grand old dame miss agnes is still alive i don't know how she survived this long she's got to be five years old now um and she's laid so many eggs and her eggs have changed color over time too we joke and say that the toner needs replacing uh, but agnes is an aracan she is um, true to breed in that she has the little tufted cheeks and she lays bright blue eggs uh, she's never gone broody in the in the five years that I've had her she's never gone broody but we have hatched eggs of hers so goat chicken who you would see on my social media pages who's just hatched her own baby said she did go broody um, she is one of Agnes's um, offspring 
and she's got a sister who looks exactly like her. We call them the top knot sisters um, because they both have that tuft of feathers on top of their head. Uh, so they're both Arakanas. Um, their father, the, the rooster, was an Arakana, but he uh, became aggressive, as Arakanas tend to do. Um, and so he was dispatched um, because we don't keep them if they're aggressive. We just can't risk it with kids around and other animals. They tend to have a go at everything. Um, but Arakanas are a very common breed in Australia and they lay a beautiful blue egg. Um, I know all my customers, as soon as they get their cartons, they open them straight up and like look for their blue eggs. And unfortunately at the moment, um, both um, Top Knot One and uh, Agnes, who are still in the main pasture, are both off the lay. They're both going through their molt. And Goat Chicken, who is Top Knot Sister Two, is currently in the brooder house with her four babies. But it shouldn't be too much longer and she should be laying again because she's ready to go back out now. Um, now, other ones, just let me have another little slurp because I'm croaking again. Other ones that lay different coloured eggs are your Americana. I'm, I'm sure I say that wrong. Americana. Hmm. Anyway, uh, which is uh, the Aracana version of in America. Uh, cream leg bars, which I don't talk about very often. They're a rare breed, but they lay a blue egg as well. Um, your morans, which are sometimes also called copper morans because their egg, the eggshell is a very, very dark brown, like a terracottery dark brown. Uh, the Barnvelders um, and Wellsummers also lay very brown eggs. Uh, then you have your olive eggers and Easter eggers. Now, olive eggers and Easter eggers aren't actual breeds. What they are is they're a version of a hybrid. So they are a brown egg chicken crossed with a blue laying egg chicken. Um, and we, we think that our Aracanas are probably have a little bit of a genetic mix up with a brown one as well. Even though in the beginning Agnes was always laying very bright blue eggs and both her daughters laid bright blue eggs, um, as time has progressed, Agnes is now laying an olive egg um, it's it's very much a greeny tinge and and we used to joke and say the toner had run out and she doesn't have blue left anymore so it's gone to green but we think that it's probably a result of her not being a pure Aracana and so she's got that olivey colour coming through now as she gets older. Um, so the colours that you can get though will vary in those um in those birds and particularly your olive eggers and easter eggers you won't know what color you're going to get until they start laying uh, but it can vary anywhere through from those very dark browns that the copper morans lay uh, to a bright blue um, the green for the olive eggers but the easter eggers who are that combo again the hybrid combo between a brown and a blue egg layer some of them lay it's almost a pink colored egg it's um that real light kind of salmony pink um very attractive egg but I've not had any that have been laying that I've had a couple that I've looked at them in the light and gone oh is it pink it's almost pink but it's not it's just a very light brown um so them and I have to be honest the the colored egg layers are my favorites and certainly the handy helper and I have discussed the fact that we would like to um, start breeding more heritage birds ourselves here on site and 
breeding um, the Easter egg type colours. So um, I'd love to get myself on, and my hands on some Morans. I think their egg colours are beautiful. Uh, but Aracanas, I really love Aracanas, so I'd love to get some more of those. But I need to, I need to track down a breeder where I can get them and they're purebred and not the mixed hybrid kind of version crossed over with the brown. We're going to go into hybrid layers next, which hybrids are sometimes referred to also as sex-linked chickens. So your sex-linked chickens are um, the chickens that are bred predominantly for laying eggs. So that's your eyes of browns. In America, sometimes they're referred to as golden comet, red stars. And they are hybrid birds that have been crossed, usually two heritage breeds crossed together to bring out uh, the best traits that they want in that bird. So in this case, they want premium egg laying birds. So they will cross over two um, heritage birds that are prime egg layers. And from that, you'll get what's basically an egg laying machine. Uh, and that's the ones that the commercial egg producers all want. So the eyes of browns are the most common here in Australia. And they will lay every single day. In some cases, uh, over certain periods of time, you might get two eggs in the one day. So you might get eight eggs a week versus seven eggs a week off them. And that's exactly why the commercial egg producers want them. Because at the end of the day, they are a business. And, you know, we can we can all, you know, stand back and hold our nose up and say, oh, well, that's not right. But they're still going to make money and farmers do need to make money. Um, and, you know, having a hybrid bird is no different really to having a GMO sourced, you know, ear of corn. Um, people are breeding things to make them more efficient for them. So that's the commercial egg growers choice is those ones. Uh, now we've got them at the moment. We have um, in our flock. We have quite a few. Um, they're called barter browns owls because of the hatchery that they came out of. Um, and look, these girls are egg laying machines. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, we our egg production has gone through the roof this year, um, and we're we're smack bang in the middle of winter here. So the fact that they've gone through the roof on egg production in the middle of winter just shows you that they once they start laying, they just it's game on. I have to be honest, I'm not a fan of their personalities. I find these birds less personable than than the heritage breeds. And that's probably a really harsh thing to say. They're, they're gorgeous, cute little babies. And, you know, quite often you'll see pictures of me on social media holding one of our, our gingers, as we call them, which are our uh, butter browns. And, and there's nothing wrong with their personalities. I just don't find them quite as interesting or as uh, different as, as my heritage ones. Uh, now, one thing also you'll notice with the hybrid um, egg producers is that once the birds get to, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, once they get to a certain age, so they get to about that 18-month, two-year mark, and egg production will drop off because their lifespan is only three to four years. So they can't produce eggs forever. Um, so quite often you'll see um, commercial egg producers trying to sell um, eyes of browns at that 18 month two year mark because that's when they become less commercially viable uh, for the same amount of feed that you're feeding them you're not getting the same amount of eggs out and if you're looking for for 
egg layers for the backyard I have to be honest it's a great way to start because these chickens are still laying eggs they're just not laying at the rate that commercial producers need them to be laying at uh, and quite often you can pick them up really cheap and in some cases I've even seen them for free so definitely keep your ear out for those um, if you're interested in getting chickens it's a great great way to get into it now the next one we want to talk about is rare and exotics now we handy helper and I have a bit of a chuckle from time to time um, he found a picture of a big black cock now my hot tip is do not google big black cock um, it, it's not good uh, but what he was referring to and I'm going to pronounce this wrong I'm terrible with pronunciations of names Ayam Samani I think is how you pronounce it and it is a Indonesian bird I believe or eastern oriental kind of bird um, it's 100% black it's got black meat it's got black eyes black cone black feathers black feet uh, I think they lay black eggs and every time the handy helper sees a picture of them he is like oh I want these I want these birds now I don't even think they're available in Australia they're that exotic and rare but there's a whole bunch of other birds too when you go in and have a bit of a dive around and and I did mention the rare breeds trust earlier when you go and have a dive around and have a look some of these birds are insane some of them are insanely pretty some are insanely ugly um, I hate to say that but look up dragon chickens uh, they're a Vietnamese chicken and man they are not the prettiest chicken in the world uh, this other one's uh, Phoenix the phoenix are a gorgeous one there's also a breed that's french that i'm not even going to embarrass myself trying to pronounce um, but in my blog post on this particular article that i've got them listed and i'll try and get some pictures and put them in there as well uh, and like i said before the rare breeds trust are trying to make conservation efforts to to continue the breeding programs for some of these rarer birds which is lovely to see i, I think it's always a shame when a you know species kind of dies out that's not ideal I'm sure that there's somebody who loves that animal and needs to to keep the breed going now I have mentioned a couple of times I've got a breed selection webinar uh, coming up uh, and the main things that I want you to consider when you're thinking about breed selection is um, things like forageability so are they good foragers can they survive on very little in the backyard do they need you know extra food or special food to keep them going uh, climate suitability uh, so if you live in a, a very very cold climate for my friends in the states you there are lots of areas where it snows for six months of the year so if you're living in a cold climate then you need to consider what birds are cope will cope better with that environment um, some birds uh, are prone towards getting damage to their cones from the cold egg production obviously you know if you're keeping them for eggs you want to make sure that you've got a bird that's producing the number of eggs that you need to produce uh, space requirements we've talked about this previously uh, bantams you know are particularly a, a good one for for smaller spaces I also spoke about the seabrights which are a true bantam um, I'm not sure I actually don't know what the seabrights um, egg laying capabilities are but the thing to consider with the bantams obviously is the eggs will be much smaller if they're if they're not a big bird they're not going to lay big eggs um, noise levels have you got a nosy horrible neighbor because you know we've all had one um, if you're living in town and you know that the neighbor is going to have issues I I can't stress enough to go and speak to the neighbor beforehand and try and explain to them 
you know, the benefit that you're going to bring to the area by having chickens in your backyard. And that will be egg production is the big one. And certainly uh, I've seen people won over by a carton of free range eggs. Um, but also too, that your garden environment will be less pests, better aerated, better fertilised. Um, and really the noise levels aren't that bad. I mean, and if, if it's if you think it's going to be a problem, by all means, jump onto that webinar because in that we talk about the noise levels for each of the most common breeds um, and the breed availability. Obviously, if you can't get the breed like, you know, handy helpers, black cocks that he wants, um, if you can't get the breed, then there's no point. You know, try to get it. If it's not available in Australia or in the US, now the US have far wider range than we do here. In Australia, we have a terrible range. You are really at the mercy of the hatcheries. Whereas in the US, and I can't think of the main hatchery's name, but there's a main hatchery and they have just about every breed known to man listed on their webpage. I, every time I look at it, I think, oh, it's not fair. Why can't I get them sent out to Australia? Um, but Obviously, at the end of the day, breed selection has to come down to what is going to suit your family and your environment and circumstances. And that's what I go into in this webinar. So, so if that's something that you're concerned about, jump on over, register for the webinar, and you can ask me any questions as we go through it. Um, <clears throat> personal preference is the last one I want to talk about. And I think it's really important to, to remember that Choosing chickens can be like choosing a cat or a dog for your household. Personal preference is always going to pay, play a part, I've got to try and say that quick, um, in what you select. And don't be embarrassed about having a personal preference that maybe you, know, you might say, well, I want that chicken because that chicken's attractive. Well, that's fine. There are people that pick dogs and cats based on the fact that they believe that that dog or cat is attractive. Um, if you are picking a breed and it's not a breed that you love, not that you're not going to fall in love with and, and stay in love with, then don't pick it. It's There's no point having a massive egg-laying machine, you know, a hybrid chicken that's going to lay more eggs than you'll ever eat if what you would really like is a gentle little chicken that hops around the backyard and follows you through the garden and has a little chat with you and, and has a real personality about it. Um you, you have to pick based on what's going to suit your circumstances. And don't feel bad about it. You'll, you'll, whichever chickens you get, you'll probably fall in love with them anyway. But it, don't be embarrassed to pick based on the fact that you like the look of a chicken. Um, I think that's just about it that I wanted to talk about. The only other thing to remember, I guess, is that some of these breeds have um, maybe some other health issues that may come into play, like um, our, our very well-feathered feated chicken chickens um you have to be a bit mindful of the fact that you can't have them in boggy muddy environments because those feathers will get very yuck after a while uh, likewise if you're um, looking at a cold climate you know there's certain breeds that just don't do as well in the cold as as other breeds so really take your time consider what you're going to get then start looking um, now uh, next week I'm going to talk about uh, raising your own chickens from day olds um, which is something that you know if you're getting chicks from a hatchery then that's something you might want to consider so I'd love to have you along for that episode next week um, and also don't forget it's only a week to go I can't believe it's I'm recording this on the Sunday 
and it's only a week to go, less than a week to go till the registrations open for the backyard chicken keeping course, which is a little bit exciting. Uh, I don't have a huge <laughs> email list. So if you know of somebody who is interested in keeping backyard chickens, but is a beginner or doesn't quite know if they're confident enough to do it on their own, by all means, send them my direction. We may not be a good fit and that's fine. But if we are, I would love to help them on their chicken backyard chicken raising journey. Um, and of course, if you want to know more about backyard chickens, you can sign up for my newsletter at um, www.mojohomestead.net. Um, and or if, if you know of somebody who's really interested, um, tell them about this podcast. Um, they can go back and listen to all my chicken episodes and there's been a few of them. Uh, I will go on to other topics around homesteading, but at the moment I'm covering off on chickens, given that the chicken course is getting ready, geared up to start. Uh, and obviously there'll be webinars like the, the chicken breeds webinar that I'm hosting next week. So I'd love to have them along to that if they're a bit concerned about what breed to get and a bit unsure. Anyway, I am going to go and drink some more honey water. It's lovely raw honey from my girls um, that we harvested earlier this year. OJ helped me strain it all off and put it into the honey tub uh, i'm gonna go get myself some more honey and uh, start drinking some more honey and try and get this raspy throat gone um, and i will speak to you all next week until then see ya thanks so much for listening today i hope you've enjoyed our time together if you did i'd be so grateful if you left me a review I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya. See ya.